You are listening to episode 33 of Japan Gamescast. On this week's show, programmers reverse engineer the code for Ocarina of Time, a fire on Yoshi's Island closes down Super Nintendo World, and Chinese port officials make the biggest bust in Pokemon history. All this and more coming up. Welcome back everyone to Japan Gamescast, the Japanese gaming news podcast recorded in Tokyo, Japan. I'm your host, Julian, a.k.a. Kanten Gamer, and joining me, as always, is my co-host, Ryan. Hey, how's it going, man? It's all good, it's all good. Uh, another early show this week. Um, just so busy, I think, right? It's, uh, I think that was the best intro I've ever heard you do. I, I, I nailed it, didn't I? Yeah, yeah, there we go. <laughs> First if I, take. If I did that half an hour ago, I would have been half asleep and it wouldn't have worked, but I've, uh, yeah, you know, yeah. I've kind of worked myself up. Uh, I need to make a quick correction. I think last week I said it was episode 33 but it was actually 32. So for all our you know, legion of fans that really care about the episode number, t- 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 today is the real 33, okay? So That's it's just... right, the, the real 33. <laughs> That's it, yeah. So uh, yeah, what have you been playing this week, man? So uh, I haven't been playing a lot this week. Uh, I've been uh, learning to play the keyboard, actually. I've been okay. practicing keyboard, but I, uh, I did play a few hours of Dragon Quest V on the PlayStation 2. Oh, nice. Which, um, yeah, I bought used for like maybe Hyakuen a, f- a few months ago. And uh, yeah, yeah. I've been kind of like very slowly working my way through it. I'm like at like the maybe second or third dungeon right now. So nice. Is um, that a 2D game or is it 3D? It was a 2D SNES game and then they did a 3D remake for PS2. Oh, nice. But cool. uh, it's a very kind of bare bones 3D remake. Right. So it kind of likes it looks like something you might see on like the DS or uh, 3DS. Oh, okay, interesting. Yeah, but yeah, what have you been playing, man? Uh, yeah, so I've been playing a little bit more than I usually do this week. Thankfully, I've had a little bit of time. Um, but I picked up Pikmin Three. Um, oh, I mentioned cool. like last couple of weeks, we've been playing Pikmin Bloom, right? Um, which is fine. I mean, it's just like a little pedometer kind of like <laughs> a step tracker kind of thing. But I really love the Pikmin franchise, and that kind of got me in the vibe to to check out uh, Pikmin 3 Deluxe on the Switch because I played it on the Wii U and I had a one two on the GameCube back in the day. Um, and yeah, I just, I just love it. It's just, it's such a great game, you know, just sending your little Pikmin off and like picking up treasures and stuff and it's kind of like puzzly but like there's a bit of com- combat in there and I I just love games where you have like like hundreds of like little things like <laughs> like and it could be yeah. like like I don't know like when you just have like a horde of Pikmin following you it's just really satisfying for some reason. Um, yeah, yeah, so, I know what you mean. Yeah, I quite like that. <laughs> it's it's something fun about building up your team and like controlling them all, you know, like that sort of RTS vibe. Yeah, um, yeah. Although yeah. it's it's not exactly RTS, but you know. Yeah, but it's um, it's not it's not far off. You know, it's it's definitely got the the origin, the inspiration from that style of game. Yeah, man. So I guess yeah. First bit of news. Uh, so seven point six tons of fake Pokemon cards. Uh, were heading to Europe from China, and they were discovered in the port, I believe. Yeah, yeah. So this was uh, intercepted at, at Shanghai's Pudong Airport. Sorry if I'm pronouncing that wrong. Um, but there's a little video that was posted on Twitter here. So let's check this out first. It's kind of crazy, yeah. Like, seven tons. 7.6 tons. Um, it's, it's almost like hard to imagine like how much that is you know but just look at the palette <laughs> like I guess maybe one of those palettes is is a ton 
roughly. Um, of oh, just, wow. just like dense Pokemon just, cards. That's insane. How many binders is that going to fill? You know? uh, I don't know, <laughs> like, man. I mean, I couldn't even like extrapolate how much that might be, you know, because like, I don't know, you got a pack of, pack of cards, might be like 20 grams or something. Like <laughs> but like, yeah. it's just, it's just such a huge amount. Um, but apparently yeah, it was bound for the Netherlands, um, but was, uh, yeah, picked up in the port. And apparently one of the biggest busts in, uh, in Chinese history, um, or maybe the world history, you know, for this particular IP. Yeah, it's, it's wild. And, uh, just like the sheer amounts, like you said, 7.6 tons is insane. And yeah. uh, I can't imagine like the, the combined value of these, you know, like how much, like if they actually were able to sell them all. That's also, like, yeah, because I, I didn't even see any articles that like kind of speculated on the price. Because I think the one of the problems might be like the wild or like, kind of like inflation of Pokemon card prices at the moment due to... I don't know. They just suddenly became really popular again. And I, I mean, mean, like we had a story in one of our first episodes where like someone like busted in through the window of like a, <laughs> of the top of a Tokyo like cards shop. Yes, yes. Like he yes. like rappelled down and kicked through the window and like tried to steal a bunch of Pokemon cards. That's it, yeah. Um, Tom Cruise we, style, right? <laughs> yeah, we might have ended up cutting the story, but yeah, I mean, like Pokemon cards are, um, you know, it's. it's better than bitcoin right they're, they're big so. business nowadays yeah <laughs> seriously like uh i mean any store i don't really go out to you know i don't i don't collect them at all but like whenever i'm in a game store i'm always kind of curious to like i always go to the card section and just check out you know what was going on but the pokemon cards are always out of stock um oh really or like you know they always have like some of like the less popular packs or like um maybe like this kind of like spin-off series or whatever that people don't really collect but like the main ones and then there's always like signs, you know, that say like, um, you know, pre-orders uh, available at the counter, one per customer or whatever. Um, and I I follow like a few people on Twitter who collect them and they live in Japan. And so I always just see like kind of secondhand accounts, you know, of them in the stores. They'll post pictures or little videos when they go to pick up the cards on like launch day or whatever. And there's like huge queues and like, it's just kind of crazy. Yeah. But um. Yeah, it's, it's almost, I, I, I'd i easily put an estimate of like, you know, a couple of like maybe five million to $10 million maybe worth of cards in this, yeah, in this hall. Must, must be, but anyhow, yeah, I guess, uh, yeah, I guess that's pretty much it for the story. Yeah, so huge haul for the Chinese uh, port officials, obviously, um, but you know, most of this uh, this fake stuff tends to come from China, unfortunately. So I'm sure it won't be the last time uh, we report on a story like this. Uh, but yeah, coming up next, uh, we've got a new release from uh, publisher Atlas coming up, right? Uh, 13 Sentinels, Aegis Rim. Yeah, 13 Sentinels, and it's scheduled to be released on April 12th, 2022. And it has already sold 500,000 copies uh, digitally and pre-order. Oh, wow, that's so, impressive, um, yeah. So yeah, it's quite a lot. Uh, maybe we can just check out this trailer and um... yeah, let's take a look. So I mean, Atlas just released um, Shin Megami Tensei Five, right? So yeah, that's right. It looks like they've been a bit busy, but I mean, this already looks a lot like that game. <laughs> kind of yeah, like we've ble got bleak Tokyo cityscapes. Yeah, kind of 
I don't know, it's not really apocalyptic yet, but it seems like Tokyo's being destroyed by uh, mechs. Yeah, yeah, so it's a bit more um, scientific, I guess. So, yeah, the future be... lies in the hands of 13 young pilots and their sentinels, which I'm assuming are probably the mechs, right? Yeah, yeah. Oh, and you can you can choose each character, one of the 13. Seems to be some... Um, uh, some kind of anime character driven story stuff there's some schoolgirls in their pants obviously girls yes of course it's yeah, it's yeah. uh, schoolgirls um, <laughs> what else could it be oh it is apocalyptic we see some it's basically like the terminator but in tokyo with mechs and uh driven by uh, schoolgirls yeah yeah that's <laughs> it with, with very very revealing underwear it's got a bit of a yeah, war it, of the worlds vibe as well those kind of like tentacle long long armed uh, robots there I yeah don't i mean say that inspires maybe, me a lot <laughs> yeah it, it could be cool i mean i like uh evangelion you know mm. uh so maybe it's like that i i couldn't tell like what the gameplay is like i mean it seemed almost like like a sort of story adventure just from that yeah trailer. yeah yeah i mean actually it looks more interesting than like an actual like, mech battle game which i'm not really into that much because I feel like they usually like overload you with like information on the screen and stuff. Oh uh, yeah, but this seems a bit more like, artistic, you I, know. Yeah, yeah, it seems like more story focused. So uh, just to clarify, this is coming out on the Switch. So this is the Switch release, and um, there is already a PlayStation Four version uh, that came out in 2019 in Japan mm. and uh, 2020 worldwide. So um, yeah, it looks like it'll be a, a nice fit for the Switch. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, you, you can obviously play it already. Um, but it's just been a kind of the case throughout this generation that a lot of these games come out kind of a year before on you know the more beefy consoles, I guess you could say, before they trickle down to Switch. But I mean, graphically, it doesn't look too intense. So um, you know, like we were kind of talking about before the show, right? Like Metroid uh, Dread, you know, just looks so nice on the Switch. You kind of forget sometimes how much beef you can actually, or how, how much power you can actually get out of that little device. So. Yeah, man. Kind of cool to see. Uh, but we got we got another new game coming up next here. Uh, this was a release, wasn't it? Um, yeah, so this was uh, Enigma Archives Rain Code. Running on Unreal Engine here. Uh, yeah, developed by Spike Moonsoft. Yeah, I don't know much about it. Oh, this is cute. Kind of a, <laughs> kind little... of a Luigi's Mansion. Yeah, yeah, that's what I was about to say. In like, uh, in like Neon Tokyo. This is cool. All right, so far so good. So I'm seeing some uh, cel shaded anime art style, as, yeah. as to be expected. Um, it looks pretty good. The lighting is very cool. This is beautiful. Yeah, I'm really into this. This is great. It, it kind of looks like um, oh, Danganronpa, like the team behind Danganronpa. Oh yeah, looks a little bit like um, uh. Scarlet Nexus, mm. but a little bit more toony. It really looks like characters. Persona, to be honest. Persona Five, heavy Persona vibe, like the characters. Maybe yeah. I don't know. It's almost got like a bit of a yokai watch vibe as well, like with the little yeah, boy a, with like the ghost pet, you know. Like a, a less mature aesthetic. Yeah, 
Oh shit! You say that. Although as a there, there, body. there are a bunch of dead bodies. <laughs> well, wow. I mean, like the the character designs, like. So I'm just gonna eyes. go back. It looked like they were like, nailed to the floor. <laughs> oh yeah, look at, this, look at this woman. Look, she's like nailed. Like fuck it out. That's that's brutal. So yeah, maybe Purple not. Blood. Maybe not so maybe. immature. Yeah. Oh, actually, it did say at the beginning likely mature rating. Mm. So. Yeah, wow. I don't know. The art the art style is uh, doesn't look that mature, but. I guess the themes are quite dark. Wow, okay. That's actually... That really actually looks quite cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't know what to expect from that. I mean, we didn't really see gameplay, but just kind of engine, in-engine, you know. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, yeah, graphically, like, it had my interest. I think that's always, like, the most important thing in terms of, like, my initial interest is just, like, catch me visually, you know, because I, I don't want to spend a lot of time in a world that looks gross, you know? <laughs> I don't mean like it has to be like 4K, 120 frames a second, but just like visually pleasing, right? But then obviously the next yeah. thing, the next important thing is like what is the actual game like? So um, yeah, like if it looks too generic, you're just not going to be interested in the first place. Yeah, yeah, I'd say that was a pretty good trailer, though. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's yeah. Cool. So there's no real date or um, any information on this really. Um, so yeah, it says platform and release date have yet to be announced, but it's. Um, Basically, yeah, from the uh, the series creator of Danganronpa, uh, Kazutaka Kodaka, who uh, I'm not really familiar with his work before, except for obviously we've talked about Danganronpa before on the show. Um, but it looks great, you know. I'm I'm, uh, I'm quite into that, and I, I might actually pick it up to be honest. I just love like neon Tokyo vibes. Always, yeah, cool. for sure. Well, cool. Uh, I guess so. Next up, we have some some sad news. <laughs> uh there was there was a fire on Yoshi's Island. And um <laughs> Yeah, no no Yoshis were no, harmed in the making no, of the story. No Yoshis were harmed. Uh and no one was harmed actually, but at a uh, Super Nintendo World there was a small fire mm. that broke out after the park had closed. Yeah. And um yeah, the park was closed for the day. So um yeah, not huge huge news, but I just wanted to say uh there was a fire on Yoshi's Island. <laughs> yeah, it's not huge news, but um, it did shut down the entire park. So Universal Studios as well for the day after. Um, yeah. Because I obviously had to check everything, um, which I believe is protocol. Anytime there's like an incident like this, uh, they just have to get a whole team of like maintenance guys in to and basically... We had we had like Koopas like falling off of the, the stands before... As well, yeah, yeah right? I mean that's that's literally what I was about to say is that it was a Goomba. Do you remember there's a, there's a stack of Goombas up on the uh, the, the hill and uh, <laughs> the, yeah the, the top I think there's five stacked up, but the top one fell off after a typhoon actually. Yeah, so it, it wasn't just like it just fell off suddenly. <laughs> there was a reason for it. Who would have thought a, a stack of Goombas would fall over in a typhoon? You know, it's <laughs> <laughs> it's not a sentence I ever thought I would say, but um, here we are. You know, it's it's a it's a different time. You know, we're living in yeah. nowadays. <laughs> <laughs> yeah man but um yeah the, the ride is still closed though so uh if you're planning to go there i mean probably anyone listening to this show is not in japan so you probably won't be able to go um but i believe it'll be the same ride that's opening in um what's the first one opening in america florida or california there's two isn't there i'm not sure actually uh, i think it might be california the first one um but either way it'll be the same ride but to be honest it's not it's not that good the better ride is um Mario Kart, that's the one that's really kind of the experience. The Yoshi ride is basically more like a, 
it just lets you like view the park from the vantage point of the the roller coaster that's quite high. Actually, it's not even a roller oh, coaster; yeah. it's just a track. So uh, you sit in yeah. the, you sit in the kind of Yoshi car, and it drives round. But you know, you can see the park from like every angle, basically. And there's like oh, these, that's cool. there's like three hidden eggs, uh, kind of hidden in the scenery. And like when you see the egg, there's like blue, green, and red. Uh, there's a blue, green, red button on the inside of the car, and you just press the corresponding button. You know, if you get all three, it syncs to your wristband. You remember what I've told you about this before, right? Yeah, yeah. And it gives you like a special like stamp or sticker in the app. So the only way to unlock that is to, you know, complete that game kind of thing. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, it's cool how they're kind of developing their park into a video game. Yeah, so I know you haven't been yet, Ryan, but um, yeah, I really advise going to check it out because uh, it's, yeah, it's just a really cool experience, you know, for any Nintendo fan. But you might have to wait maybe a couple of weeks before, uh, you know, until Yoshi's uh, reopened again. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. Right, so for our discussion this week, uh, some pretty cool news. Uh, a team of um, kind of semi-pro, you know, like enthusiast um, programmers have reverse engineered the source code for Ocarina of Time, which uh, I guess on the face of it doesn't sound super exciting. Um, but the reason I guess this is important is that it basically would allow somebody to make uh, almost 100% accurate remake, remaster, or you know any any kind of version of the original game. Yeah, you could port it to any system, like mm. like we saw with uh, Mario 64 last year. Like they put it on PC, mm. even on Dreamcast, PS2. People were putting like new models in the game, mm. like HD stuff, and um, you know just basically you know putting ray tracing in in Mario 64 and stuff like that. Mm-mm. So, uh, yeah, it looks like we're going to be seeing this from uh, Ocarina of Time as well, which is really cool. Yeah, yeah. Um, although technically, uh, it's it's not illegal to write the code, but it's illegal like if you compile it and distribute it, distribute mm-hmm. it uh, then like uh, Nintendo can come after you for um, the intellectual property yeah i mean i think i think the code itself is there's a bit of a gray area there um because technically it's not the same code so they've rewritten it using a newer programming language but the problem in the first place is just for anyone that doesn't know how game development works and i'm not actually a developer but i just i just know i know this much is that when you write it in whatever language you know once the game is finished and you compile it all the code that you've written that is actually readable by humans is like completely changed into what's called like machine language, which is just like a, a, a never ending like string of random characters. Well, it's seemingly random, right? And that gets fed into the hardware to produce what you see on the screen. But you can't uncompile it. There's no way to like reverse that process. So or, or unless you know specifically have the tool to do so. And obviously no one outside of Nintendo would have that tool. So I believe what they've done is like, you know, um, you know, loading the game into emulators and then looking at the code as it's running in the background. They basically had to like hand write everything from scratch. Yeah, but probably the, the more like dangerous reason uh, you know, from a legal standpoint that the team could face issues with it is, you know, like as soon as you start adding in textures or character models, anything that would, that would literally like define this as Zelda, that's when you've infringed on copyright. So technically, if you write the code, it, you didn't copy the code, you just rewrote it. Uh, so it does the same thing, but it's not actually the same. You know, if you looked at them side by side, the co- the, the old code is quite old, right? 
it's she, like a it's like a cover version ex- exactly exactly yeah it, <laughs> that's literally a very good way to put it it's like a cover song but yeah cover version of the code but as soon as you add link in then you've basically stolen the character and that's the problem yeah like, so, like you, you can't like sell like someone else's song you know co- with yeah without giving them royalties or whatever exactly so yeah it's, it's kind of similar i guess so what i'm hoping but, is because this is always the case when people make these awesome like fan games it's like they build it up to a certain point where there's like a beta and then they release it and say like, hey guys, look, look what we've got in the works. And then obviously like, you know, like fucking sharks in water, right? The, the, the smallest drop of blood. Nintendo's lawyers perk up, you know, <laughs> they co- yeah, they just come yeah. for you like a pack of piranhas. But, but they should but, just uh, finish it first. Finish it completely, put it onto the internet and just let it spread everywhere so no one can take it down. If you're interested in like just playing Ocarina of Time and like, higher remastered quality uh if you get a 3ds emulator and the ocarina of time 3d mm. remake uh there are like 4k texture packs i true, think uh, true. yeah and henry uh mag magnifico or something magnifico like yeah i know the magnifico. guy yeah. yeah yeah he's got like all these zelda 4k packs that he spent a long time on Mm-mm-mm. and uh they look incredible i mean i i was playing through majora's mask um in 4k yeah yeah and, and like i mean it just looks amazing it, it looks like it was you know current gen game almost you know you can you can also inject like lighting effects and post-processing Mm-mm-mm. so um yeah that's on yeah, a, a citra emulator right yeah yeah on citra emulator um so like if you're just interested in playing these games um like in higher quality or like not on the original hardware mm-hmm. uh you could do that oh yeah um, nice nice they're also on the switch uh n64 emulation service which i i haven't tried out but um yeah true yeah so there yeah. are there are more you know, less illegal ways to play them um actually yeah, yeah, this week yeah. this week i was playing um, breath of the wild um the wii u like rom on simu emulator um, cause I wanted to play it like high res and stuff and, uh, man, it just looks so good. I downloaded like this, like mega pack with like all these enhancements to the game. So, um, there's like a different like filter on it. So like, it makes it like a bit more vivid and like the colors are a bit more popping, like, uh, that you can change the draw distance. So like nothing, oh, really? nothing pops in. You can just see all the way to the horizon. Cause you know, on a, oh, P- wow. on a PC, like and I've got like a 12 core processor. So like, there's no like problem there as well. Um, it just rips through and, uh, everything's running at high resolutions the graphics are already amazing on that game anyway, um, but it's just a bit less blurry, you know, and a uh, better, oh, wow. better lighting. And yeah, it's really cool. So um, I'm enjoying that so far. And uh, yeah, let's just uh, wrap up this little discussion on Zelda here with um, another thing that got released this week. Well, not, not, not officially released. It kind of got leaked. Um, but this was pulled from the Giga Leak, right? Um, the massive uh, intrusion onto Nintendo servers that happened a couple of years ago. <laughs> <laughs> yeah this yeah. is the um the space old 97 beta for ocarina of time so uh let's take a look at these over here so this was yeah about a year before it actually released um so you can see that it looks very similar to uh, you know the final product but there are, there are quite a few things in the game that you think oh hang on that wasn't that wasn't in there you know i've never seen that before um, yeah and uh and I believe this is this is a fan project. So, um, like the original Space World demo wasn't like playable. I think, Mm-mm. or I mean, it was playable, but it wasn't um, like I think there were like weren't a lot of enemies or NPCs 
mm-hmm. something like that. So I think the fans went in and they kind of like patched it together yeah, to make yeah. it more like a playable experience. That's cool. Yeah, um, yeah. Which is really cool. Like, I mean, this might be the coolest Zelda fan project I've seen. It's really Just interesting. Like, yeah, I mean, there's a some of these bits. Yeah, like this this part with the shooting range where like the, the targets are like they don't even have textures on them yet. And there's a bit when I think uh, in a minute they go to Kakariko Village, um, and it just looks so different. There's no like, there's no complexity to it. It's just like a flat like ground and like just a random building scattered around. <laughs> but here, yeah, like, there's no stairs or anything. It looks so yeah, basic. Like, as a like as a creative person, like it's really cool to see like how these developers like started their ideas. Mm-hmm. You know, for something like Ocarina of Time, like you can see it in a more fundamental form. Yeah, yeah. And then you can see like how they made changes. Um and to me that's just so fascinating to think like mm-hmm. oh wow, like Kakariko Village was just like a bunch of houses and a field and you know, and um like Kokiri Forest was just like tree uh you know, a bunch of tree houses. Mm-hmm. And um like they really sculpted it and within a span of a year like they completely changed everything. Yeah, well, one so, thing I noticed was interesting from that demo is that, um, you know, all the animations link and all of the characters look kind of complete. I, I don't know the process, if it's the same for every game, but I'd imagine it makes a lot of sense to make the characters, the mechanics of the game first. And I guess like the levels, you can just like literally like check, like add a, add a ramp here or like move that house and then update the file and then just play the game, you know, just reload yeah, the game yeah. and, then, and then it just changes, right? Because I you, mean... You need the mechanics I, first that the character can interact with that world. Yeah, I, I've seen in interviews with like Miyamoto that he says he always just spends like a lot of time on just like the first level or whatever. Mm. Not not even if it's not the first level, like just the the core gameplay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then like they just try to get the mechanics perfect in a very simple scenario. Mm-mm-mm-mm. And then once they feel like they've got the game, just like you said, you know, they just build out from there. Because yeah, once you've yeah. got the the core of it. Um, at that point, you you just expand, mm. and you've already you know you've already got the gold. But yeah, so that's uh, Zelda, you know, recompiled. Um, we've got a fresh kind of coat of paint coming, you know, for a, a potential super HD remake, and also a cool beta of the game from Space World ninety seven. So really, really cool stuff. Um, personally, probably my favorite game of all time, and uh, I know you're a big fan as well, right, Aaron? Yeah, yeah, probably my favorite of all time. Cool, cool. Um, all right, so yeah. uh, our release of the week. Uh, this is one that I, I personally quite enjoy. Uh, we've got Big Brain Academy, uh, which is the kind of the party game version of Brain Training from uh, Nintendo. So these are always fun little games, um, you know, especially if you're playing with friends or whatever. I mean, I know the designs are like family games, but like I, f- I f- think these are really fun like as dr- drinking games. Because the more you oh, drink, yeah. the more you drink, the slower you get, you know, and, and they're all like kind of brain based puzzles. So they actually result in quite like funny. He's always scenarios. like tell you your age and stuff. Um, yeah. yeah. I, I'm not sure if they, they did this, but I think they were going to make like a mobile game version of brain training because it, it's just uh, like okay. the per- perfect smartphone game, you know? Yeah. Well, it like, was all touchscreen based. wasn't it? originally on the, the DS, the very first version. Uh, you play with yeah. a stylus in a lot of the book book mode. That was cool. Yeah, I, I think I have a copy of it in my drawer over here. Mm. I, I didn't play it very much, but yeah, it's it's kind of a classic. 
especially in Japan. I think in Japan, a lot of people know this and like even like older folks will play brain training because mm -hmm. it like keeps them sharp or whatever. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, like, uh, you know, Japan, I think it's about 30% of the population is over the age of 65. So like, it's got the, the oldest population in the world, like in terms of like balance, you know? Um, so I think, yeah. yeah, like there are a lot, of, there are a lot of like senior gamers in Japan. So it makes sense that this kind of game would become so popular. But yeah, so I guess that's our release of the week, and we've got yeah. So our next one is uh, Ega Sumiko Gurashi, um, which is like a pie game. Um, the, the title is super long. I can't be able to bother to read it all, but <laughs> this actually looks kind of similar to what we were just watching, uh, Brain Training. Um, but it's kind of like Mario Party, like a little party games, rhythm games, and all that kind of stuff. And next up is the Rune Factory 4 Special, uh, which came out uh, in 2012 originally, or at least Rune Factory 4 came out in 2012. And this is the PS4, Xbox One, and PC hmm. uh, launch trailer. And last up, we've got Eiresha uh, de Iko, Hajimeru Kango Keikoku. So this is a little bit like SimCity, but you don't build the city. You just, it's just about the trains, basically. So I believe you have different scenarios where like you have like a preset city and then you, you, it'll be up to you to like find the most efficient route and, uh, you know, develop, develop the city based on your connections and stuff like that. You know, I really like these janky graphics. Like it, it, it's like a, it's like a throwback to like PS2. There's like no lighting. Yeah. Look, look at this, like no shadows or anything. It's like so weird. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you got you your know, balance like, sheet there. That's a lot of Japanese. All right. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it looks like a, a bit in depth, but I feel like there's, there's probably a lot of fun to be had. Yeah. So that's our last release for the week. So uh, thanks for watching guys. Uh, whichever platform you are listening to us on, make sure you subscribe for brand new episodes every week uh thanks ryan for joining me as always yeah thanks for having me man uh if you're over on youtube make sure you subscribed and we'll be back next time for the next episode of japan gamescast <laughs>